All right, there we go. <clears throat> Praise God. Second Timothy three and sixteen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen. All Scripture. So we're studying on God's Word. Amen. For the next several weeks, and uh, it's a great time of year to do that. Amen. Good time to renew your desire to read God's Word, to study it, and so. In the name of the Lord, thank you, God, for for your word. I ask you to anoint this, God, that we would uh, better understand why you've given us the word, what it means, amen, how it changes our lives, how it affects our lives for the better, and uh, how it directs us home. And everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. We need a revelation of God. Psalms 123 and 1, Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that deliverest, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. And we need that. A part of the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. I mean, we acknowledge that He is above our ways. Amen. And that we need His direction. Amen. There is a difference between God, who is a spirit, and us, uh, mortal human beings. He said, my ways, my thoughts, Isaiah 55 and 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. In my thoughts, than your thoughts. I'm reading a book right now on uh, on uh, the atomic bombs in World War II. Uh, can't remember the name. Little boy and, and, and big big man, whatever, whatever. Uh, but reading this book, it's just the intelligence and the genius behind uh, the studying the Manhattan Project, the the uh, Trinity test in the desert. Uh, these men were geniuses. These women were just beyond anything we can comprehend, really. Uh, and yet to think that the Bible says uh, the foolishness of God is wiser than any man. Uh, that everything that they came up with, uh, God in his foolishness knows more about it. Uh, it. Just We've got to understand just how amazing, how smart, how fantastic God is. We are genuinely, when comparing to God, ignorant. We are. He is just, he is just that intelligent. He's, his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. Uh, and so without God's word and God's spirit, I, I'm saying all this not to make you feel bad about yourself. I'm saying it so you understand why we need God's word. Because we don't have the ability to comprehend why we need God on our own. But his word reveals to us why we need him. And his spirit reveals to us why we 
we need Him. There, there really is, without God, without God's Word, without God's Spirit, there is no way to not only understand why we need God, but there's, there's not even any way to know God. We need His Spirit to know Him. We need His Word to know Him. I, I, I wish I could tell you that, that, uh, I remember the moment when I, when I realized I was lost, uh, laying in my bed in the middle of the night, realizing I had just read my Bible as a young teenager, and I realized I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm, I'm not gonna make it. I don't, I don't have what it takes scripturally to make it to heaven. And, in church, uh, uh, there, there was, there was nothing that, that just revealed itself to me on how to be saved. I needed a minister. I needed a, a saint of God. I needed somebody to reveal God's Word to me. This is what you need to do to be saved. I had read Acts 2.38 in my Bible reading, but until somebody revealed it to me and said, this is what it means, and this is what, what uh, Luke 24 and 47 means, this is what John 10 and 30 means, John 3 uh, 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 five through eight. This is these are this is what it means. I was genuinely ignorant, and and that's that's uh, uh, when you don't have God's word and God's spirit. Uh, you are uh, there's there's two types of ignorance. There's the genuinely ignorant people. I, I was part of that. I didn't know who Jesus Christ was. I knew about him, but I didn't know him. Uh, people go to uh, deep Africa, uh, South America, and they share the gospel with clans of people who who have never heard of Jesus Christ, don't have a Bible. I think about, a uh, there's a book I read decades ago, uh, recommended to me by, by Brother Baker called Baruchal. Uh If you've never read it, I need to buy it and let you borrow it. It is, it is shockingly amazing. Uh, he went to the recesses. He went to areas where no one had ever been and shared the gospel with people who had never heard of Jesus Christ. They were headhunters. They, they, uh, uh, they killed tribal clansmen for no reason. They, the uh, adultery meant nothing to them. They abused, uh, each other. They worshiped idols. They, uh, uh, it just unimaginable uh, what would take place within these clans, the, the, within these clans that had never heard of Jesus Christ, never heard of his his word. They were genuinely ignorant, and then you have purposely ignorant people, purposely ignorant people who have access to God's word, access to the Bible. Access to a church, access to freely worship God, and but they refuse to. They refuse to pick up God's word and apply it to their lives. Uh, or others who study human reasoning, uh, they even confess that they know God, but 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 they say they know Him through their own ability, not through God's word. I know God because of God's word. I I I. I cannot tell you, I don't think anyone here can tell you that you can tell us, hey, I know God just because, just because I've had a relationship with Him. I've never had to pick up my Bible. I've never had to, 
pray. I've never had to have the anointed word preached to me. I just know God just because of my own intelligence, I figured him out. It doesn't exist, church. We need his word. Amen. The written word, the anointed preached word, the anointed word from God's spirit as we pray and worship, we need his word. We don't have the ability to know God without it. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deeper things of God. There is something about the revelation of God's Spirit, amen, that helps us know who God is. When the Titanic sunk, it sunk because the steel uh, uh, was imperfect. And they were unaware of the imperfections. At that time, uh, imperfections were normal in steel. Uh, uh, and so human discoveries have advanced so far that, that steel, uh, uh, the same steel that was used to make the Titanic, would not pass shipyard inspections today. They wouldn't allow it to be on any ship today. And yet it was it was used uh, uh, all the time then. Uh, why? Because they just simply didn't know enough. They just didn't know enough. Uh, so they, after the Titanic sank, they had two separate trials and in, in, inquiries uh, in, in um, I want to say New York, but it may have been Washington, D.C., and then in London. And uh, they had revelations. They had revelations of the steel. They had revelations of the lack of lifeboats. Revelations of wireless operators uh, who would call today uh, at a certain time. And uh, revelations of shipping uh, 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 shipping paths going through uh, iceberg areas and et cetera, et cetera. And because of these two trials, these two inquiries, uh, they changed the rules. They changed the rules. Uh, immediately they changed them. No more can ships travel uh, that far north during that time of year. Uh, no more can Marconi operators uh, leave their post. Uh, they would have to have shifts, so two or three Marconi operators would have to be hired on the ships. No more could you have lifeboats uh, uh, that were fewer in number than the number of people on the ship uh, and other rules. But without the revelation of the inquiry, stay with me, very little would have changed in terms of laws in, 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 in shipping. Without the revelation of God's Spirit, church, you are so blessed. I, uh, I'll tell you, church, I'm so blessed. Uh, uh, and, and I'm unique because I, I see it from both viewpoints. Being raised in a religious home that wasn't raised in truth. Being raised in a uh, church, I'm telling you, extremely religious household. We, we went to church. We always went to church. Uh, uh, but we weren't in truth. Uh, did not understand truth. Did not understand God's word. And to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to be filled with God's Spirit, and then uh, uh, 
just a unique situation to have read my Bible more than once before I got the Holy Ghost and then to receive the Holy Ghost and then to read my Bible almost immediately uh, uh, twice within a, a, a three-month period. Uh, church, I have a unique perspective to understand that I didn't understand God's Word without a Spirit. But once I got the Holy Ghost, there was a there was a light of revelation when I went to God's Word that I did not have before I had the Holy Ghost. And church, I'm not telling you that from a second or third point of view. I'm telling you that's what happened to me. I read His Word before I got the Holy Ghost, and I read it after I got the Holy Ghost, and it was different after I got the Holy Ghost. There was something different about His Word. It became alive. It, it, it began to make sense. It began to... Because the Spirit that wrote God's Word, as it, as it anointed the men who wrote God's Word, that same Spirit was now in me. And so I was getting a confirmation from the Spirit within me, this was true. This was true. But church, without the revelation of God's Spirit, I would have sunk. If I hadn't had the Holy Ghost, I could have read the Bible the rest of my life and I wouldn't have had the revelation. I needed His Spirit to give me deeper revelations of His Word. The eyes, the ears, the heart of man cannot understand the things of God alone. We need the revelation of the Spirit. We need the revelation of His Word. Amen. This isn't a circular argument. Church, you understand that God's Spirit exists and that you can be filled with God's Spirit because His Word. And His Word is the thing that reveals that we need God's Spirit. But it's not a circular argument. It's two witnesses. You have the witness of His Word and you have the witness of His Spirit. We need His Spirit. His Spirit tells me I need His Word. His Word tells me I need His Spirit. We've got the two witnesses. And we can't do it on our own. His Word and His Spirit speak of the redemptive plan. It is the central theme of Christ. He is the only way we can be saved from eternal death. Proverbs 29 and 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Amen. Without the revelation, without the vision that we receive through the Spirit of God, we will perish. But when we have it, church... When God reveals His will, reveals His plans, reveals His thoughts and His intents to us, it is, it is so unbelievably exciting. It is so unbelievably uh, fulfilling. It completes us when His Spirit and His Word reveals what He has in store for us. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, Acts 13 and 4, departed from from uh, Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Amen. Thank God for His Word, for His Spirit. It commissions us. His Spirit commissions us. His Word commissions us. Romans 5 and 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Church, the Holy Ghost gives us a love for God and a love for fellow man, it's unfailing. When you have been anointed by the Holy Ghost and you are into His Word, I'm, remember that, that old song? It makes me love everybody. I can still hear Elder Brother Condre singing. It makes me love everybody. Give me that old-time religion. It does. 
something about the Holy Ghost makes us just fall in love with each other. Romans 15 and 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost sanctifies us. But church, so does the Word. We're sanctified by His Word. You see, they go together. Amen. The Holy Spirit anointing the men as they wrote the Word. Amen. And the Word anoints us as we read it. They are, they are symbiotic. We need the Spirit and we need the Word. First uh, Corinthians 12 and 3. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man, no man speaking by the Spirit of God, calls Jesus accursed. And no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. No one can say he's Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. We're going to get into the oneness of God, but, but church, in its simplest form, when somebody has received the Holy Ghost, they receive Jesus. Paul said, Christ in me, the hope of all glory. Amen. When you get the Holy Ghost, you get Jesus. Jesus said, I'm with you, but I shall be in you. John said, uh, I can't uh, behold the Lamb of God. Amen. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire not many uh, days hence. Amen. Church, when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, that's when you realize Jesus is Lord. When you have been filled with His Spirit and you've been filled with His power and His anointing, that's when you can start to say, Oh, now I know who He is. Now I know who Jesus Christ is. He's Lord of Lords. He's King of Kings. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1 and 14, That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwells in us. 2 Peter 1 and 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men. This book wasn't written by men as they willed it. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Church, they, they, they were anointed by the Holy Ghost to give us this word. And this word, I'm telling you, church, it's, it's incomparable. You can't compare this book to any other book. And it contains the incomparable Christ. You can't compare Christ to anything. And, and we, we, we sometimes do it without uh, doing it on purpose or whatever. We, we will compare Jesus to Muhammad. You can't compare Jesus to Muhammad. Church, you can't compare Jesus to the devil. He is incomparable. There is no one like him and there is no one that's opposite of him. He's incomparable. Without controversy, 1 Timothy 3 and 16, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto Gentiles, Believed on the world, received up in the glory. God was manifest in the flesh. The almighty God became man and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Revelation 22 and 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. That if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. That's pretty strong. 
Amen. It's strong because, because John is setting a, a, a principle here. He's setting it in stone. Do not take God's word lightly. It will get you home. It'll get you there. Thank God for his word. Hallelujah. We were joking about around, not joking, but we were talking about GPS and how we have GPS on our phones. Now, if you go on a trip, you just enter Waze or whatever software you use, and, and, and there it is on your phone, and it gets you wherever you want. But before we had that, uh, uh, we had the, the Randy McCauley, is that Randy McCauley Maps? And, uh, and then after that, we had the MapQuest. I would print out the MapQuest of our trip to Texas. And, uh, and I would, I don't know if you remember this, uh, uh, I would write the, the AM stations for ESPN. Amen. By the cities on the map quest. And so it's, you know, it's for Sirius XM. And so we could, I, I just remember one trip that we went down. Uh, uh, it was around Thanksgiving and, and there was three or four football games on, on that Saturday. And so we were changing the channels as they're driving through the cities. And so we could listen to the football games, but I, we had, I had a binder and I had all the, all the pages printed out. Amen of the map to get from Corning to San Antonio, Texas. And, uh, uh, and so we just followed the map. We just followed the instructions on MapQuest on how to get there. Uh, uh, we could get there now with our eyes closed, but back then, you know, we thank God that we, we had that. It's the same way with God's word. If somebody had taken just out one page of that printout that we had in the binder, we would have gotten lost. Where, where do we go now? I'm not sure. Where do, what highway do we turn on? Especially if we didn't know the way already. You know, do I turn left? Do I turn right? Uh, I mean, there's sometimes when you're traveling north, you know what I'm talking about. When you're traveling north, that you got to take a highway that's that's southbound for some reason. And and why why are we going southbound when we're traveling north? But but if you know the directions, then you know. Oh, this is why. Because, uh, because for a little while, maybe the southbound, uh, heads north. Uh, the whole point is, church, you've got to trust God's word. You've got to trust it. It's going to get you home. It's going to get you there. Amen. And it's so important that God tells John to write in the book of Revelation, write it down, John. If anyone changes this book, uh, the curses in this book, will be upon them. They, their names will be blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. That's strong. That's strong. One of the reasons that, that that is written is because Christ is the central theme. Church, if you change God's Word, you're changing the theme of Christ. Amen. I mean, Jesus spoke highly of the Scriptures, but church, the Scriptures spoke highly of Jesus. Colossians 1 and 15 calls him the greatest unifier, center of creation. He is the grand subject of the prophets of the Old Testament. I love the book of Isaiah. It's like a mini, it's like a mini Bible. The first 39 books are based on Old Testament and the last uh, 27 books are based on New Testament uh, prophecies. It's, it's utterly amazing. Isaiah 53, 
and 1 through 5 says, Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him a tender plant, that as a root out of dry ground he hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. To think that this was penned some four to six hundred years before the birth of Christ is nothing short of amazing. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, 7 and 18, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Church, he's the head of the church. Now, honestly, you can't read the Bible without reading about the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Do you need royalty in your life? He's the king of kings. I mean, you, you have been filled with the spirit of royalty. You need authority to overcome? He's the Lord of lords. I, even I, am the Lord, Isaiah 43 and 11. Beside me, there's no Savior. There, I don't see any Savior beside me. I'm the Lord. I'm the Savior. Isaiah 44 and 6, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, beside me there is no God. This is one of the ways that we know that Jesus Christ is Jehovah God. He is the Almighty God. Not just because He said, when you see Me, you see the Father. But things like in Revelation, where He declares, Who are you? And He says in Revelation 1 and 8, I am the first and the last. I am the Almighty. Red letter edition, it's Jesus Christ speaking. He's the Almighty. Hallelujah. Isaiah 44 and 8, Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time, have and have declared it? You are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not of any. Isaiah 45 and 5, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, thou, though thou hast not known me. Isaiah 45 and 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, there is none else. That they would know from the east to the west, I am the Lord. And there is no other Lord. Isaiah 45 and 21, tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient times? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I? The Lord, and there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior, there is none beside me. Church, we worship Jesus alone. 
because he's God. Luke 4 and 8, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thy serve. You are only to worship Jesus Christ. You're only to serve him. Amen. He's quoting Old Testament. Yet, church, in Matthew 14 and 33, we find the disciples worshiping Jesus after he calmed the troubled water. In Luke 24 and 49, we find them worshiping Jesus. They, when, uh, the, the, the week uh, coming up to his crucifixion, they're worshiping him. They're putting palms in the streets. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're worshiping him in church. Some people say, Jesus, you need to stop them from worshiping you. And he says, if they don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. The rocks are going to cry out. And Jesus isn't stopping anyone from worshiping him. The word is revealing this to us. He's God. You see, church, you see how important it is? Because without this, we wouldn't have known. Without his word, we wouldn't have comprehended that he's the mighty God. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Amen. Thomas wasn't there at his resurrection. He, he visited, he revealed himself to some of the disciples. But Thomas wasn't there the first time. They went and they told Thomas, Thomas, we've seen him. Thomas said, oh, listen, I've been, I, have, I have been through the ringer mentally. I gave my life believing he was the one. I was even willing to go and die with him before he visited Lazarus. There is only one way I'm going to believe he resurrected from the dead. If I can put my fingers through the holes in his hands and thrust my hand in the side of his wound and in the, in the side of his core. And then they're all meeting and then Jesus reveals himself to them. John 20. The other disciples said unto him, We've, we've seen the Lord. Skipping up a verse or two. And after eight days, the disciples were within and Thomas with them. And then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy hand. Hold on. Jesus wasn't there when Thomas was telling them. You know, except I put my fingers in your hands and my hand in your side. How in the world would Jesus know that Thomas was had even said this? Because he was the Almighty God. Uh, remember, Jesus isn't in the Godhead. The Godhead is in Jesus. Amen. And so the Almighty God is everywhere, which means Jesus is everywhere. Amen. And so Jesus knows what Thomas said. Jesus was there when he said it. Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hand. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Church, Thomas wasn't cussing. He wasn't taking the Lord's name in vain. He was declaring with his mouth what he realized with his heart. Jesus Christ was Lord and God. You see how incredible God's word is? Without God's word, we wouldn't have known this happened. 
And with God's Word, anointed with His Spirit, we are able to see all things as God wants us to see. Only the Bible gives us this full scope of Jesus Christ. Amen. Church, without it, we never understand who He was. Without it, we never understand His power, His authority, His ability. Amen. So church, when people attack God's Word, they're attacking the person, Jesus Christ. Critics, they talk about the fallibility of the Bible, and yet, in the same breath, they'll say kind words about Jesus. You, you, you can't believe the Bible is fallible. You can't believe that the Bible fails and believe that Jesus can do all things. You, you can't. Because they, they go together. When one passes judgment on God's word, whether purposely or, or through ignorance, they are subtracting from the divinity of Jesus Christ. If you think God's word is less than completely divine and completely anointed, then you think Jesus Christ is less than completely divine. You, you can't separate the two. If you reject the miracles of the Old and New Testament, you reject the virgin birth, the ascension, you reject the new birth experience, you, you reject separation from this world and its philosophies and values. Amen, church. If you reject all these things, but then you say, I believe it's infallible, you're, you're lying. You're, you're lying to yourself. How can you reject the virgin birth? How can you reject the gift of the Holy Ghost? How can you reject baptism in Jesus' name and then say, I believe it's infallible? You can't. I, I, I don't think Jesus can heal. I think healing was just for scaffolding to build the first church and God doesn't want to heal anymore. But I believe it's infallible. See, church, it doesn't make sense. You, you can't have one without the other. Either the Word is infallible and Jesus is infallible. Or the Word is less than perfect and Jesus is less than perfect. Amen. Paul told Timothy that a day would come when people would have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Don't deny the power of His Word. Don't deny the power of His Spirit. Amen. Church, God's Word is inerrant. It's free from error. It, it, there isn't even a limited inerrancy. It is all true. It's all true. It's all yea and amen. Church, if, 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 if the Bible has made mistakes, then we're spiritually bankrupt. But it is yea and amen. It, it isn't limited. It's all true. Because God is the author of this book. And God and God doesn't make false statements. If God makes one false statement, then all statements are false. There are skeptics over the years, and I'm closing for tonight, Sister Bag, if you want to come. There's skeptics throughout the years. They have tried to disprove Scripture. They've tried to disprove the walls of Jericho, and yet the walls of Jericho have been found. They have tried to disprove the flood. And even archaeologists admit that there was a time when this whole world was underwater. 
they have tried to disprove uh, David. David did not exist. He couldn't have. And yet just in the last decade, they have found writings, they have found things in Israel that point toward David being the king. People have tried to discredit one common ancestor. Did anyone read that in the last month or two? Uh, they've determined that all of our DNA came from one man and one woman. All of our DNA. Pretty interesting. I wanted to lift my hand and say, oh, you know, I already knew that. <laughs> you need a scientist to tell me that. I learned that from God's Word. I'm telling you, church, it, it doesn't fail. It doesn't fail. Amen. Let's stand tonight. Thank you, Lord. Church, we can confirm through copies of the Old Testament that Jews that, that the Jewish nation has kept through the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've talked about this church. The Dead Sea Scrolls, one of the books that they found in the Dead Sea Scrolls is the book of Isaiah. The Dead Sea Scrolls were written around the time of Christ. And the book of Isaiah, they compare it to the modern version in, in synagogues, church. It is the same. Thank you, God. We can not only confirm that God inspired these men as they wrote this book. Amen. We can confirm it. Church, it has gone through textual criticism. It has survived it. It is reliable. It's reliable. There are very few textual differences when you go back the 2,000 years and some of the original manuscripts uh, uh, in church, none of the differences have, have anything to do with essential doctrines and commandments of God. Uh, it, is, it is differences like, does this, is this word uh, to be interpreted as Joshua or, or another? Uh, I'm telling the church, you can stand on it. You can stand Amen. Love his word. What a great time to be. Renew your love for his word. Renew your love for reading it, for studying it. Amen. We are going to get into surveying the word. We're going to get into uh, we're going to get into uh, the different versions of the Bibles and, and, uh, and, and why some are better than others. Uh, uh, why there are so many different versions. And uh, we're going to just really dive into why we love the Amen. Let's worship Him for a moment. I love you, Jesus. God, thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Without it, God, I, I wouldn't know who you are. I wouldn't know you. Lord. But somebody sat down with me, God, and opened their Bibles and, and read to me John chapter 3, and read to me Luke 24, and read to me Acts chapter 2, read to me Romans chapter 22. Lord, they, they showed me what your word said repentance and, and the Holy Ghost and baptism and living a life for you. God, 
Lord, without your word, I would have never known your spirit. Hallelujah. And God, with your spirit, I have better known your word.